Uh, it's 2023. 2023. I think this is coming out maybe not the first episode of 2023. This is the second episode of 2023. The second episode of 2023. But our first episode of 2023. Happy New yeah. Year. Happy New Year, everyone. It's been quite a journey. We've been doing this podcast for... 10 years. 10 years, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's now fully turned into just a Voyager podcast, which I'm okay with. Uh, I think that's fine. Except for today. Except for today. <laughs> it's not Voyager month anymore, guys. Don't panic. Don't panic, everybody. We will get back. Yeah, we're going to go back to Voyager. <laughs> to the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> we'll get back to Voyager. Just so you guys know. So chill. Just relax. Okay. Uh, how is everyone's New Year and holidays and all that fun Jimmy Jazz? I've had a, I've had a good run out here. I'm, I'm still in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've for New Year's, I went to a cabin with friends and we like cooked and played board games and wow. watched football. Yeah, it was fucking great. Jan's life is like a movie. It sounds like, like a fucking like movie. A movie. <clears throat> oh man, like we, we played guitar on the fire and like right. sang songs. Then we did and- mushrooms and like, <laughs> and then some guy broke into our house with a knife and everybody died. You know, it was like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to my in-laws and was on eggshells all week. It was really great. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is also like a movie, but in the other way. (laughs) Right, you had the stressful holiday movie. I had the the relaxing one. (laughs) Uh, Mine was in the middle. Okay. This is a boring movie. Right. (laughs) It's very like, okay, they don't make those movies anymore. Yes, those are the 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 mid-budget movies that they don't make anymore. Have you seen any good mid-budget movies lately? Megan. Well, I guess that's a low-budget movie, but... uh, It's going to make a shit ton of money. Uh, it's. I went and saw it the opening night, or I guess Thursday night, in like a packed theater in the front row. I checked the seating thing and I was like, this is packed. There's only seats in the front row. Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> this is absolutely what I want to do. It's a How hoot. was it? A hoot. A hoot. Watch it with it's a lot a of people if you can, because it's a, uh, it's real dumb, but it's very fun. I enjoyed myself. Sure, I say bring those movies back like a hundred percent. The studios have given up on them, and I think that's just a, a huge mistake. Uh, I saw, I saw Violent Night, and I was like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. But like, if you see it with the right group of people at the right time, it's. Amazing. It's a hell of a just time. having a f- exactly just have a good time at the movies, man. I think they're I s- coming back. I think they're I saw back. Glass Onion, which I really uh, enjoyed. Isn't yeah, it great? That's a good one. Yeah, it was good. It's so good. It's already I, have you I don't know how much I know Mark's plugged into Twitter a lot. Dylan, I, I don't know how much you, you do not it. Not a whole lot anymore. anymore. I'm trying to it's, a, wean it's healthy off. not to. Yeah, totally. I feel but bad. there's just the cycle of everybody loving something to everybody hating something it's fast. has gotten much shorter. Are so people like, already shitting on Glass Onion? Oh, yeah. Basically, like the moment people started watching it with their family, like when it released on Netflix, because oh. the initial wave was people who like movies, who go to see movies in the theater, <laughs> yeah. all saw sure. it in November like, when it was out in like, LA and New York. Yeah. yeah and we're like, wow, yeah, like movies are great. And now like everybody watched it with their parents at home and they're all like, I don't get it. This movie's overrated. It's like, you're watching it probably in the worst environment possible. Right. You're watching <sighs> On your motion smooth TV with your parents, with your dad, the- who's like, "Which one is she?" And you're yeah. like, "Okay." <laughs> and and yeah, exactly. Like a very cold audience that's like, "Hmm, this just sounds like liberal stuff." I can't to me. handle <laughs> this. Is James Bond queer? 
<laughs> it makes me very sad. Another sad day for cinema. I know people are already starting to bash the menu. Really? I thought people were liking the menu. No? I thought the menu was one that I knew uh, what I had heard about the menu was people were like, this movie isn't very good at the beginning. But then when you and I saw it, Dylan, I was like, it was fun. What are people talking about I this. It was movie great. Is super fun. It's just a fun movie. What are you expecting from this movie? Yeah. I don't, people, I think people were expecting more like social commentary. And I was like, this is enough. I, I don't right. think you need any more than this. Why are people being weird about this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. People were so weird. I think all well, the problem is just the hate machine. It's just a hate machine. Go touch some grass, generator. people. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter can find a way to ruin Everything. pretty much anything. Yeah, Absolutely. except except it's been a nonstop dunk fest on Kevin McCarthy the past few days. That's fine. Which has been great. <laughs> That's okay. it's, yeah. it's, Knock them out, boys. It's been yeah. Christmas. I think I'm I'm gonna only start using Twitter when I know the reaction that I want. Just to uh, confirmation bias. So that is basically <laughs> how everyone's parents watch Fox News. <laughs> That's how I'm going to use Twitter from now on. It's just like, if I hate a movie, I'm going to seek out everyone who fucking hates it and read all those tweets. And That's it. <laughs> Perfect. Mark, how many episodes have you edited at this point? At this point, one. <laughs> I, I offered to do this past one and uh, Daria said he would do it, so. Darius is just a workaholic. I've offered to do it so many times, and he's always like, nah. I'm like, literally unemployed. I know. I, you, I, <laughs> this like, is your all job I do now. Is, all I do is apply for jobs and like walk around. It's <laughs> like what I do. You're living a movie too, Mark. <laughs> Basically. You're Everyone's, living the montage sequence where the person right. is just going through a tough period I'm of like their the life. like the dad from Mary Poppins. So just like walk around a park all day. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of like not not contributing or being part of like the regular work. Let's talk world. about Nog not contributing let's to society <laughs> after experiencing intense war PTSD. Horrible trauma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> season this is uh from season seven, episode ten, Deep Space Nine. Yes. Uh it's only a paper moon. A cloud. We've been saving this one. We I, have. And I yeah. Yeah. No, good call, Mark, doing it because on the 6th of the January, uh, which is a day that will, <laughs> you know, it's like extremely tainted, uh, but yes. there's one great thing and it gave us Aaron Eisenberg, who yeah. unfortunately is no longer with us, but what a what a fantastic episode to pay tribute to him. Which we're recording this on the 7th of January, the day after, so. Yeah. You could have lied. I mean... <laughs> Uh, my bad. Lied. Wait, let's start. Let's try that over again. Happy let's January sixth, everyone. Happy January sixth, everyone. 6th. <laughs> we don't know if there's a speaker of the uh, house yet. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I saw a tweet from Sirach Lofton saying, "Wishing Aaron Eisenberg a happy birthday," which is what kind of prompted uh, us to do this. Oh. Do this episode. So, wishing, wishing his brother a happy birthday. So that was very sweet. It's very sweet. Watching this episode, I've been like very like open, like sensitive, I guess is the right word. Like I've always been a sensitive person internally, but my, it, I guess the, like the road from my like neural pathways to my expressive physical pathways have been much shorter of late. So I just like several times through this, I was like about to tear up. I was, uh, it was, it oh, was pretty, yeah. I, everything makes me cry. I cry <laughs> all the sure. time. 
And the thing is, I used to never cry as a teenager. Like my mom, like had me checked out because it was like, oh, like (laughs) your grandma died, and I was like, okay, like that's sad, and I would just like move on. And now, and now I'm like, this car commercial is really intense, and so, (laughs) and so I sobbed my way through this episode because it's it's very intense. Um, And so, yeah, Yeah. I, I have a theory that a lot of men. Uh, especially our our age and older are just like really backed up. Like we have like a serious crying debt because of that. You know, like I don't <laughs> know if, if it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like a social, we're socialized not to, you know, like no matter what, like if you're growing up in an environment where masculinity is this very specific thing. Yeah. Um, Cause I also, I, I probably went through like a decade or a decade and a half where I don't think I shed a tear and yeah. I don't, Same. I couldn't, could not have been healthy. Right. It just, <laughs> yeah. Cause like there are a lot of times where I'm like, I think I'm really sad, but it's not like something is blocking it from coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm just like, I'm just like a really, yeah, You're I'm a like a super machine. sensitive guy. I'm a little crier. I cried all the cry time baby. when I was a kid. I cried yeah. all, yes, always. Probably good. <laughs> yeah. Probably a good release. Well, There's, you're the youngest. Aren't you the youngest? Yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm the, I'm the youngest too. I used to fake cry when I was a little kid. Yeah, too. me too. I <laughs> recently saw this home video. You uh, little uh, punks. Dude. <laughs> you punks. You ruin older brothers' lives we, by your, with your fake cry. We do. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I watched a home video when I was back for Christmas. We, we put some home videos on from 1999. I was four. And... There's this one clip of me like crying like somebody just got murdered. And my dad is like zooming in and Darius is like walking around me and my dad's like, Why are you what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? And I, I'm crying and then I just start hysterically laughing. And then boom, back to crying like somebody got like, like murdered. The Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched that and I was like, Oh, this oh, is shit. disturbing. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Yeah, like there are a lot of times where I think, yeah, like having kids, I think I could do that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like just a little person, you kind of help them along and, and hope that they, you know, figure life out. But then like, yeah, you see shit like that or you hear about shit like that. Yeah, my, my daughter, you know, she just like emotionally manipulated me and now I like, feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think my daughter's How old a is she? psychopath. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's a psycho. <laughs> I think part of it for me, it helps that I am with somebody who's really empathetic mm-hmm. um my my partner is one of the most empathetic people on earth yeah um, he is he is except for when it comes to this episode of star trek <laughs> he hates this episode so much and i just don't understand it at all is he around can we have him on the pod to explain why he hates this <laughs> i don't i don't know if he, no he won't come on the pod but i don't know why he um he hates two characters in all of star trek Number one, top of the list is Worf, which oh, I get it. I don't. <laughs> you don't get why he hates Worf? I mean, I get it, but he's goofy. And number two is Nog. He just doesn't like Nog. What the hell? Which I love Nog. <laughs> I guess Nog's kind of an annoying little kid, to be fair. But well, I don't really I don't really watch the that era of DS9. I watch him as like a war veteran. Nog and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like and so, the thing about Nog is he is, you know, he's like, what, 15 at the beginning of the series like Jake. Yeah. So you're seeing a, a person in basically the most annoying phase of their life. Yeah. Of like 15 to 22, mm-hmm. where sure. it's like they're an annoying teenager at best. He's a f- 
freaking horn dog and he has like horrible <laughs> role models in his in his, his uncle, uncle and his dad. Yeah. Uh and uh his dad because he's so subjugated by his uncle rather and then he's like no i'm gonna start creating my own identity for myself and then he just becomes annoying like i'm really into the rotc man you know yeah. like th- th- those guys who goes to office <laughs> yeah. like, you know you're not a real soldier right, right. he's like no no nah, yeah. i got this suit made i got this uniform made i'm not even in yet but i got it made yeah. for me <laughs> yeah. and then the moment where like shit gets real like in this episode he's like oh man i can't handle it i can't handle <laughs> this is way too real <laughs> but that's like that's life you know you don't it's it would be like i bet Riker was like this when he was 18, you know, but we get, we meet him when he's third, like 28 or something like that. And he's already like, he's been through all the stuff. I need a prequel TV show about Riker as a teenager. It's just him fucking like, (laughs) just like making his way around San Francisco. Oh my God. (laughs) Like the scene from Spider-Man three where Tobey Maguire's walking around doing the the, uh, (laughs) finger guns. That's Riker around San Francisco. So grab your cane. I was gonna say the same thing. Grab your cane. <sighs> and uh your 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 best buds and uh abandon them. <laughs> Don't grab your best buds. Grab Don't your grab cane, your abandon uh-huh. them into a, a video game for at least a month. At uh, least a month. To where yeah. you think that you are living in the video game. Been there. Uh hang out with like the coolest late middle-aged dude that you can find uh who who also has to do some growing and uh buckle up for your (laughs) believe these simulations to be this real much of it is real sir i disengage the safety protocols not that even a holographic bullet can kill it's all a holographic simulation Base enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. Woo! Man, I'm juiced. I'm juiced. What are you, what, you're, what you're juiced? Mean? I don't know. I'm excited. That that intro got me really excited. You know? Hell yeah. Anyway, um... We are, did, this, did we say when this episode came out? It came out on December 30th, 1998. Which puts it at 25 years in a week. Wow. Old. That's crazy. Yeah. So this was a good time to do this episode. Yeah. Totally. 25 years old. Perfect. Everyone's uh, just had a great Christmas, and they're settling in to watch some really depressing uh, Star Trek you know, it's pretty nuts, actually, that a show had an episode on the 30th of December. I don't think, I think pretty soon after that, Networks was like, we're not showing anything until like the second week of January. Right. Yeah. They just like gave up on trying to get ratings at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, they did it. So uh, so most of this episode takes place in Vic's casino. And mm-hmm. we've been doing a lot of stupid packs out resort episodes. <laughs> Vix to me is like the opposite of the Pax Out Resort. Like I enjoy the Vix episodes. Always. I, I love um, them. And like they don't feel forced. I, I think the Pax Out ones, it seems like they like try and f- like we paid for this. We have to, we have use to use this. it. Yeah. 
And the Vix one, obviously, it's a it's a really in depth set, and so it's like we paid for this, we have to use it, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's because they have a permanent character like Vic that kind of lives in the set, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like shoehorning characters to go to the packs out. I don't know. And so I I I loved it. I I mean I love Vix and I love um yeah this episode was so good. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I remember when I first saw this episode, I was like kind of shocked how good it was. Um, and it makes me miss, like, I want, really want TV shows to get to season seven, all TV shows so that they can really start <laughs> like scraping the barrel. Cause I feel like when you start scraping the barrel, you're going to get a lot of shitty episodes, but you're going to get one just fucking banger. You're just going to get one that's just so fucking good that you're like, yes, this is worth it. I think. I, what I appreciate a lot about Strange New Worlds is they still don't have enough episodes to really stretch the writers thin. Yeah, yeah. but they are. Def, there t- seems to be a, a a mandate in the writers' room of like you know those filler episodes. Do those. Let's make let's like make the best filler episodes <laughs> yes. ever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like let's just like make banger after banger of filler episodes. Love that because uh, like the one that is after this episode on Deep Space Nine is the one where Esri goes to goes to uh, Trill the Trill homeworld. Yeah. And like hangs out with her family and solves a murder with one of her past <laughs> lives, you know. And it's like, what a dumb episode! And it's <laughs> super cool. Like it's really fun, and it's well, a like, weird change her, of pace. Her family business is like tied up in the mob and stuff. That's exactly. Like, I don't remember this episode. What the fuck? Unfortunately, there's no Hollow Suite uh, or deck. I guess I'll yeah. have to watch it's, it. It's it's really fun though, and it's and it, it's pretty bold too because Esri is a new character. You know, Nicole DeBoer had just joined the cast, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it does a lot of. Honestly, the the showrunners do a better job with Dax episodes when it's Esri than Jitsia. Yeah, like way better. Uh, which I'm sure was really annoying for Terry Farrell, who just wanted better who episodes. Was great. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, we digressed. Um, um, let's do the the people who did who made this thing. Uh, let's do it. it was written. <clears throat> the teleplay was by Ronald D. Moore. Is it Ronald Moore or Ronald D. Moore? I think it's, it's usually Ronald D. Moore, but okay. I think it was Ronald Moore. Anyways, it's it's cool. that Ronald. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Um, yep. Story by David Mack and John J. Ordover. What a hell of a last name! And it was directed by Anson Williams. And the music was by coming in. At a a ripe uh, ripe a ripe one thousand five hundred and twenty two pounds. Whoa, oh my God! That, those holidays, he really went to town. <laughs> yeah, he went to town. Someone Bolt had up. some turkey. He did the music, <laughs> and he's about to wrestle somebody in the octagon. <laughs> Jay Chetaway. In the octagon. <laughs> Isn't the octagon MMA? I have no UFC? idea. <laughs> At a thousand pounds, he is the octagon. He is the, he octagon. Is the octagon. I love that. Uh, that's my new phrase for Jay Chataway. He is the octagon. He is the octagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant um, would you watch this episode just for the holodeck stuff absolutely that's all there is I was gonna yeah. say there's maybe three scenes outside the holodeck and they all kind of yeah. stink well no they don't stink but 
they're definitely paycheck episode. Like we have to contractually have everybody yeah. has to be in an episode. Yeah, that's true. That was I, though. I, I will love, say there's a banger scene with Bashir. Anyways, that's sorry, true. I, I got off. That's okay. true. That's true. Um, let's do a, a quick roundabout and then uh, we shall dive straight in. Uh, you said roundabout, which we've never called that before, but that's a hundred percent what we should call it. <laughs> the roundabout. <laughs> the roundabout. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause go, someone pulls in and then exits and the next person pulls in yeah. and exits. A hundred percent. I got you. That's great. Your mind, you had the mind of a genius. Hey, Dylan. it just took me three years. <laughs> My mind is a genius. <laughs> My mind is we're, a genius. We're calling it the roundabout now. I have to write a note here. The roundabout. It's the roundabout. The roundabout. Oh, love it. Okay. Okay. Um, how about you start it off? Because you you came up with that idea. Okay. Who's going second? <laughs> All right. Who's going second? Uh, I'll go second. Okay. So the episode opens with everyone's waiting for Nog to get off the transport, and everybody's just standing there all weird, and uh, he gets off the transport, and then they start clapping for him for some reason to make him feel really <laughs> uncomfortable. It's really fucking weird, and uh, Nog is like, I just want to go home and not do anything, and then uh, he's all sad, and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? And then he's like, I'm sad. I don't want to... <laughs> be around people because I have PTSD, but I'm not going to talk about it. And then everybody weirdly talks about uh, Nog's problems behind his back and like, well, how could we make him better? And like, I don't know. He's just kind of slacking off at work. And uh, Esri is like a bad therapist and is like, I don't know, maybe just let him do whatever he wants and he'll figure it out. So he lives on, in Vic's casino for the rest of the episode, <laughs> um, which I'm apparently doing the whole episode. And um, his life starts to like he's starting to really love it. And Vic is on for a long time. Uh, and then Vic basically just cold turkey cuts him out of the casino um, and he starts to adjust to life. <laughs> That's yep. it. I love and that because Darius isn't here. We can't finish. We can't finish. <laughs> Nobody <it>. bangs. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> bangs. To be fair, not a whole lot happens in this episode. No, it's a lot of talking. <laughs> it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of vibes. Um, it's a. Uh, in the end, Nog is chill. He figures yeah. his shit out, and he. Oh, I forgot to mention. He's got a cane. Uh, oh, he has a yeah. robot leg. A new leg. A new leg. And he's got a cane and everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Your robot leg works fine. And he's like, it hurts. Uh, <laughs> so when he's in the hollow suite, he learns how to walk without the cane. So Yeah, because he gets a new fancy he, cane that he gets acts as a lighter. It. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Vic is awesome in this episode. He, James Darren crushes it. Yeah, Vic, Vic is 10 times the therapist that, that uh, Esri ever will be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what... She was, like, not doing a very good job at all. You have to remember, she's a junior... Like, she's new to it, right? She's still, like, early in her career. Junior counselor. That's yeah. fair. And, uh, she's she also 400 years old, though, too, so... Yeah. She should be able to draw on the experiences of all those past wives, <laughs> lives and, and having, like, relationships and... <laughs> You know, like one of her past lives literally crashed himself in a shuttle accident and died. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so probably know um, what it's like to experience some kind of trauma. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will say, like, yeah, everybody's like, I don't get, like, you're not feeling any pain. Like, there's no actual pain occurring. I just needed Vic. Like, Vic was great when he said, like, I believe you. And I think the modern interpretation, like, what we would, based on what we know now, 
some uh, the therapist or a doctor would be like, yeah, I mean, even if it is in your head, it's still, your head is part of your body. Yeah. Like, right. you, you know, <laughs> like exactly. we have to treat this. It's just, okay, it's not physical pain, but you're feeling a pain. That's something we have to work, we can work on. I can't you know? imagine the doctors in the, what is this, the 27th century or wherever the fuck we are. 24th, Sorry, yeah. 24th century. They're all just like, nuggets in your head. Nog, it's in your head. You're fine. <laughs> Nog, it's in your head. You're fine. You'd think You're they'd be fine. like, we understand the brain now, and the brain Enough, is yeah. actively making your your thing hurt, your leg hurt. Makes sense. <laughs> this is where like a show being made in the 80s and 90s yeah. definitely shows. It's a very 90s take for being 2370. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, but also I can maybe headcanon it as... You know, the Federation has gotten so scientific and so advanced that people have actually forgotten a little bit about the quote unquote human element. Sure. Of it's like, you know, everything can be solved with basically space magic in yeah. Star Trek. They, you know, like you just have a doctor work on it long enough. Just, <laughs> you know, po- just like, point that little thing at your head and then it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that a problem that is psychological and this deep is not generally, I mean, like, look at O'Brien how they handle all the trauma that oh, he God. deals with and has dealt with. <laughs> like, okay, so he was put on trial for murder as a, like a, a show trial in, <laughs> on Cardassia. Uh, he survived horrible battles in the Cardassian Federation war before like even TNG happened. He, he's a real uh, war was vet. Per- yeah, he's a real war vet. He was imprisoned in his own mind for 20 Se- years. 17 <laughs> years yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and every single time they're just like, oh yeah. Oof, sucks to be O'Brien. <laughs> you think yeah. O'Brien Next would understand. Week, you think he would understand what Nog is going through. But at yeah. no point does he talk to him and be like, hey, man, I get it. I was stuck in my own brain for 20 years. Like, yeah. I understand to a certain extent. Because <laughs> O'Brien is just like hyper Irish. So he's just like, I just drink a lot. You know? That like, was my, I literally my second note is Nog should start drinking. I was <laughs> I was like, that would be a really interesting character turn. Just drunk, uh, sad nog at the bar all the yeah. time. He turns to music. <laughs> he turns to me. Well, he also, when he starts getting better, he actually goes to his cultural route, which is that to was what I thought. Be, making money. Yeah, 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 making money and 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 uh, being a great host. Like, okay, you can see it. This is definitely uh, the son of Rom and, you know, the grandson of Mugi and yeah. the nephew of Quark. Like, yeah, okay, like yeah. Uh, he becomes an entertainer and yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to be a Frankie for a while, which is kind of nice. It is great. And also like, I, I do love the other episodes where Nog's Ferenginess actually helps the Federation, you know, when he's making all those like crazy trades and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's just a, one of the best examples of how the Federation is super powered. And it's just, it, instead of assimilating other cultures, it's, um, letting the other cultures emerge and, and shine in the context of the Federation, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Unity is their strength. Unity oh. is their strength. Um, I, wait, before we get into the, all the holodeck stuff, I would sure. like to say this one scene with, um, with Nog when he's trying to sleep and he's listening to that song over and over again. And yeah. Jake is like, I'm losing my goddamn fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do headphones not exist? I thought this exact thing. I was like, they don't fit Ferengi ears. Well, not necessarily even for Nog. I was thinking, Jake, there's got to be noise canceling. Come on, dude. In the 24th century at this point. Like, I was, yeah, I was like, come on. Also, something that I noticed, I'm on a big physical media kick right now, buying uh-huh. CDs, 
uh, Blu-rays, oh, yeah. all, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I love that watching this episode, it, the internet couldn't even be conceived in their brain that they right. went back to physical media and songs are data stored rods. on those little it's data on rods. Isolinear data rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fucking cool. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This is the future. I think we're all going to go back to physical media and everyone's going to be fine with it. I I think there is, you know, obviously we don't know what it's, the world will be like in a hundred years. So maybe we'll just go fully VR and it physical. What Never. the physical will mean something different, you know? Um, but I, I do tend to believe that we are, until like our brains are fully downloaded into a digital spectrum, I really do think that we just like to hold things. And yeah, I think giving so. somebody a data rod would mean a lot more than like sending them a like, song. Hey, uh, I Here's sent your, you a song. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, We used to, um, in my last job, we would all sign birthday cards for like these professors. I worked with a bunch of professors and the difference between sending them an e-card and giving them an actual physical card. You could tell Mm -hmm. they didn't want that shit. They wanted the physical card. They wanted to see people had signed the card and and all that shit rather than look at it for a day and then throw it away and then throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Or keep it forever. Or keep it forever. Cause uh, I'm at my parents' house right now and Every time I come here, my mom like has found a new box of my old stuff and like kind of leaves it in the room that I stay in. That's and sweet. I like I look at it. Yeah. And this time I found like a stack of like these mixed CDs that I had you know, <gasps> put together for like listening in the car. And I couldn't even I, I literally there's nothing to play it on in I, my house I anymore. Have, bring them back. I've got I just you got a CD got player. One? I've got okay. two CD players. I'm bring them back. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I will try to remember to bring them back, and I, I might be humiliated listening to. Please, it, you know, <laughs> come on like, over. A lot of Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, we'll have a listening party with all of your teenage uh, mix CDs. Well, I was a weird kid, you know, because like I, most of my music tastes I got from like basically whatever you could download on Kazaa. I like I didn't go looking for something. I like let it come to me. What is sure. Kazaa? Oh, uh, I know. That's so sweet. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. What is Kazaa? Well, first, first there was Napster. Yeah, I know that yeah. one. Yeah. Then Napster got shut down. So a lot of people moved on to LimeWire. I know LimeWire. LimeWire Lime got shut down. And Kazaa was like the hacked version of LimeWire that you could still use. And mostly you probably just were downloading stuff from Russia is my guess. <laughs> uh, Okay. And it was really slow. This is this is this is so fun to to talk about and yeah. think about because to download like a song, it could take an hour. It was a lot. We're oh yeah, talking like about a freaking MP3 one, here. one yeah. song. But I think it makes you value the music more because you're like you're putting taking, an effort. You're putting an effort in, and that's 100%. I'm just gonna be banging this drum forever, guys. I'm so sorry, but that's what I'm experiencing with the CDs right now. Is I'm putting oh, the effort yeah, in, that drum, and yeah. I'm actually like. Enjoy. I'm, I'm actually like valuing the music that I'm listening to, or when I'm streaming stuff, I'm just like fucking just cycling through shit and like not yeah. giving it the time. The th- the thing about the CDs is you hear the ones that aren't on the radio, you hear the non hits, you hear like which is what I love. I love the deep tracks on like my favorite albums and yeah. stuff, and I um, love the ones that I hate too. There's a couple songs on these CDs that I fucking hate. And I would never have heard of them if I didn't listen to the whole CD. I'd be like, I actively dislike this song and I can change it. And get, getting to do that is, yes. is a special yeah. feel. Yeah, I think that's that's such a cool... I remember sometimes my friends and I, we would like we would download things because we just didn't want to buy the CD because we didn't have the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like 
we would see who could find like the highest quality of them, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I found yeah, like some of them were shit quality. Right. Whereas some people, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you could just tell, and we would just drive around in our cars listening to these CDs. It's Anyways, incredible. I felt a lot when I held one, you know, these, these CDs, cause it just like, it just transported me. And so now as like an older person, when my memory is just getting worse, the brain is just deciding to delete things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is really, really special t- to me now. Like that's why I try to take pictures of things, not because I th- want to post them anywhere. It's just so that you years later it. I can look back and like, Oh yeah, 2022. That's when I did that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last thing on the music thing, I looked up LimeWire and LimeWire is now a LimeWire music NFT market. Oh my God. They've turned it. LimeWire into an NFT marketplace. <laughs> I love that it's Gotta always use it been for a something. scam. It's always been <laughs> just a, a total scam. scam. <laughs> just brilliant. A, just a pyramid scheme. Just yeah. a pyramid yeah. scheme. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Back to the episode. Um, Physical data rods. Data rods. I th- I bet it would be so satisfying to just plug in a data rod. Oh my god! I think just like just watching like, them do it. Yeah. I'm, it's there's like an ASMR feeling watching them do it when it, they like plug it in and it lights up. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! I would. I w- I wish that. It, they had to like twist it or something, you know, like click, click. Cause yeah. there's something about a, like a cassette tape too. And you know, this dealing with like VHSs, but also mm-hmm. like a, uh, like a Walkman, you know, or I had a mini disc player that was the most satisfyingly engineered piece of technology. Mini I think I've held to this day. Sick. Mini Back discs are mini discs. awesome. Back on these mini discs. Like the case, like it had just the perfect spring mechanism. So you click a button and it would go, and then you click the mini disc in there and you close it. Like it was like um, almost a way that like guns are designed in first person shooters, you know, just had like really nice <laughs> rhythm and cadence to it. I'm bummed mini discs didn't take off. They're pretty dope. Yeah. Well, it's Sony's own fault. They all, they always do this with their proprietary stuff where it's like, it's the best, but they charge an exorbitant amount of money to license the use of the media. So nobody, everybody's like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's, so. I think that they were the ones that killed HD DVDs. Sony killed that. Murdered HD well, DVDs. So they killed HD DVDs by making Blu-ray, which was way better. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys th- know about uh, a format called uh, DVHS? Oh my God, Dylan, <laughs> I can't believe that you brought this up because I just watched a video on it two days ago. Was it the, the computer guy video? No. The Linus Tech Tips yes. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is this? I don't know what you guys are talking it's, about. Okay, so... It, <laughs> At a certain point in between VHS and CD, or not CD, but DVD, they made a digital VHS. So they were these high quality VHS tapes that would go up to like 1080i, where DVD was only like 480 or something. 480p. Yeah, yeah. 480p. Or Um, I, yeah. So there were these like really like HD VHSs that, I I can't remember why it didn't catch on, but. They're like, well, it was just in a weird spot. Yeah. Like, I think it it released around the same time as like DVDs, and it just didn't make it. Most people didn't have HD TVs to even take advantage of it. And the DVHSs were so expensive. It just didn't make sense, right? No sense. I was going to say, we didn't have our, we had a DVD player years before we had an HD TV. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Like, nobody had like plasma fucking screens. So, like, didn't make sense. It was just like a rich people thing. Uh, but love learning about new weird media types. 
watching it, were you, Dylan, were you, because I was like, I got to show this to Dylan. I do remember, because I was like, this is such a Dylan thing. It's like, were you like, I got to find me one of these. I was. I they're expensive as fuck. They're, they're insanely they're expensive. They're insanely expensive, because they're like such a niche thing that the, nobody, they didn't make a whole lot of them. Yeah. It's like Laserdisc in a way. You, know, Laser, it's just you can like, get Laserdisc players for hella cheap. I bet at this well, yeah, because like a decent amount of people bought them. I'm turning into uh, the uh, my my roommate has joked that I'm the like Noah's Ark of physical media now. I have like I have <laughs> almost everything that you can put just in case. I've become a, a physical media doomsday prepper. It's like, hey, when the internet goes out, all you motherfuckers are gonna not have any music. I am though, because I have a fuckload of CDs. <laughs> it's like a stack of data rods. That's yeah. like I I shared that video to my Instagram the other day Yo. of that angry mom <laughs> where she was like the daughter was like being super sarcastic and was like, uh, but you can get this anywhere online. And the mom was like, fuck no. She was like, I got rid of my albums and I shouldn't have done that. I'm not getting rid of my CDs. Yeah. Dylan messaged me and he was like, yes, this is me. <laughs> Legitimately, and, and to, this is me right now. I am that lady. You know, the CD audio is less compressed and has better dynamics than most anything you get on the stream. It is. It's, it's better so, audio. Uh, people who are like uh, CDs, like no, like CDs objectively sound better. Yeah, they just do, unless you. But uh, because nobody has succeeded at creating a, a streaming service, uh, like Tidal tried it, and whatever the one that Neil Young tried to push, like nobody <laughs> wanted to pay that much money for it because it was high bandwidth streaming. But it's like okay, but well, that's actually good audio. <sighs> I digress. So isolate your Trek to the holodeck. <laughs> this is not a physical podcast. media podcast. Um, this episode was again, um, a, a great example of consistent empathy from a lot of different characters. Mm -hmm. Cisco showed really great empathy. Esri, not a great counselor, but great, very empathetic. Um, Vic, amazing empathy singing that song however many times, times he wanted to sing that. Yeah. He didn't 15. want to sing that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, um, what, one thing I really love about Vic and the way that they handle his character in this episode is, yeah, he starts off as the, obviously the mentor, the person who helps the kid along, but also he grows himself. He's like, I've never been on this long. Yeah. I'm starting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He gets tired. It's like early in the episode, Nog asks him like, what, what, do, like, do you dream? And Vic doesn't answer him. And we realize by the end, like he didn't dream because he was never allowed to dream. Like he yeah. was always shut off. And, but now he is like, you kind of see the emerging personality of Vic. Uh, and this is the episode where canonically they decide to just leave Vic's on 26 hours Forever. a day. Yeah. Right. Uh, which I think is awesome. Like it's, it's almost like they speed did a speed run of the doctor. Yeah. With, with yeah. Vic. That's low key. Uh, my favorite part of this episode. Like uh -huh. Nog's storyline is important. But Vic having his like, you know, month to live is so cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's so great. And he's so good in this episode. Like he's so, he has great dynamic range. I'm talking about uh, James Darren here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, we'll talk about more in the, in the holodeck sequence. Um, but yeah, they did such a good job. Uh, I, w I do want to point out one of the three scenes that's not on the holodeck. Yes. Where they're all discussing. Yes. How in the wardroom, Nog is. Yes. yes, and and they're like, yeah, like the stupid Alamo problem. And yes. James, Bashir's like, okay, it's like, yeah, or like the the really stupid World War Two. It's like, okay, right. like or like the really really stupid Viking was like, okay, Stop. like I get it. 
Oh, the secret agent one. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of that scene is when uh, Nog's father, who I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on the Rom. 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 Rom says, he's a one-legged crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> My son is a one-legged crazy man. <laughs> They're all just like dunking on him so hard, even his dad. Yeah. Oh my god. No, also, I, I love that Quark goes, uh, and who's going to pay for this twenty-six hour? I wrote that street? down. And and just goes like nobody. It's like you know, Starfleet could easily foot the bill for that. But <laughs> out of principle, Cisco's like, buddy, you should be in jail a thousand times yeah. over. Yeah. It's your fucking <laughs> nephew, you psycho. <laughs> well, and it's it's established in the past that Starfleet doesn't have Quark pay his rent. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't make he doesn't make Quark pay rent on the bar. So yeah. Cisco's like, hey, a little quid for uh, my pro quo yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I would have loved if Cisco just looked at him and said, "You don't pay rent here, buddy. Like, you leave the hollow suite running." Yeah. <laughs> like the reactor that powers your hollow suite is Starfleet. Is like, we out, <laughs> we funny, keep the lights on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you can. Uh, yeah. Uh, so funny. And also what's really funny about it is it, and he complains about this in further episodes is he's literally forced to keep a program that is basically a rival business running. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is a gambling, it has a casino, a full casino in it. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh it just has God. to keep it open. Incredible. Uh, I love, I love, I love it. Um, there basically what what I read about this too is that earlier on this was pitched as a bottle episode where everybody just like goes through quarks and it's like it's like it starts in the morning and ends at night at quarks Ooh. so it's all from the perspective of quarks hmm. so you never see like the A and B plot but people are coming through and you get ideas of what's happening outside based on the characters coming through quarks. Love that. And apparently they just could never make it work. And then they were like, Oh, let's try to make it happen at Vix. And then they were like, okay. And it'll be this C plot of Nog dealing with his trauma. And then just like over time, it just more it just and more became into, that. That, into this like, Oh, two recurring guest stars are the center focus of this episode. Uh, but it's one of the best. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, this is something that I I love that DS9 does that I feel like you don't see in other Trek shows. You you don't get a Vorik episode that's just about Vorik, right? Um, Nor would I want one. But yes, (laughs) right. But even (laughs) even like even like a Guinan centered episode, yeah, you don't get that. Yeah, if it's not about Guinan and Picard, if it's not about Guinan and Riker, um, and the fact that we have two, we have a secondary character, and Vic honestly is a tertiary character, and it's it's just about the two of them. Yeah, um, and and no other Trek show gives you that. Um, That's what's pretty nuts too is that this show being the first one to like be serialized a little bit. Um, it feel like it puts more emphasis on the on the plot, whereas like. The other Star Trek shows, they should be more character based, but they're not. They're like purely, they're not purely plot based, but like they're very contained. Whereas I'm kind of surprised that this is the show that just spends an episode to focus on some characters instead of, uh, you know, continuing their big season long plot arc or whatever. Well, they're in the middle, middle of a war too. I mean, it's like. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, 
I think I'm just a little jaded by modern television where uh, if they have the option to focus on the war, they will. They're not right. going to like spend an episode with somebody. I'm trying to think of other examples in other Star Trek shows. And I guess like Barclay's holodeck adventure mm-hmm. is another one. That's the yep. only one that's coming up in my head. Maybe Barclay in Voyager when he's, yeah. when he's doing his, his stuff in Voyager, like trying the to Pathfinder reach out. Yeah. Stuff. His Pathfinder stuff, trying to reach out when he's working with, um, Deanna and stuff mm-hmm. in there. But basically it's, and it's always in the context of somebody needing therapy and watching a lot of TV <laughs> to, right. to get through. <laughs> right. Watching TV and movies to get through it. Uh, right. I want to do some quick guest star shout outs. We've done James Darren as Vic. Um, and I guess Aaron is technically guest star. Max Gradinchik as Rom. Chase Madison as Masterson as Lita. And <clears throat> Tammy Adrian George plays Keisha. Uh, Jake's poor girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Who gets absolutely destroyed by Nog. She's she's like absolutely gorgeous, incredibly sweet, and Nog's just like, I'm going to ruin her You are a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to punch my best friend in the face. face. (laughs) Good on Vic for throwing him out of the club. I love that moment. He's just like, bro, What are you doing? (laughs) I feel like... I, yeah, and you were saying you're like very sensitive to things now. For yeah. some reason, that punch really threw me for a loop, and oh, I don't yeah. know why. Because like you see people like punch all the time, but like knock straight up assaulting somebody in a casino is kind of <laughs> fucked, like unhinged. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's very like. Play, it's almost like role playing the era, you know. Like you could imagine fights breaking <laughs> yeah, out in a casino see? in Las Vegas in the fifties. Yeah. But the fact that Nog does, it's like, is it the environment? Is it is he a combination okay? of the environment and where <laughs> yeah. he is? Yeah. yeah. And like that's your that's your boy. Imagine, you know, like, yeah, attacking your, your best friend and <laughs> fucking punching him in the face. The, later, sitting in in Vic's apartment. God, we're doing holodeck stuff. It's okay. <laughs> He's just like, uh, I'll make it right. Yeah, uh, it's like well, make it right now. Yeah. Like, just uh, get on that because that was super. So, so there was a point. I saw when I was living in Tallahassee. Um, there was a point when Samuel moved out here, and and I was still living in Tallahassee. And so for like three months, he and I broke up, and I was so depressed. My roommate and I, she and I, would fight all the time, mm. and she and I had lived together for almost two years, and didn't have a single argument, didn't fight about anything, but I was just so depressed that I was just like not acting just like ready myself. to throw bows and just yeah. ready to argue yeah. about any, like the toilet seat being down yeah. or whatever. Just like, and I was like, do I have a realistic expectation for her when she uses the bathroom to put the toilet seat up when <laughs> yeah. she le- like, no, that's stupid. But it's just like the mental, the mental depression that I had. It was just yeah. like, I'm just ready to fight. And yeah. so that was, and so I, I, I definitely it. like felt what he was feeling there where it's just yeah. like, I don't want to be around anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. So yeah. yeah, I've definitely experienced that too. And that it's the most relatable part of this episode for me is there's definitely times in my life where like, I'll be sitting on the couch, very depressed. And my roommate would walk in and I'd, in my head, I'd be like, 
What the fuck do you want? I need you to not. <laughs> what are you be doing here right like now. in a common area? <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. common space, just like I'm in my feelings right fuck now. Fuck off, yeah. Jesus! Yeah. Who do you think you are? <laughs> and they're like, Absolutely. "Hey, how's your day?" And I'm just like, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> Can you tell it's not good? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I relate. Yeah. Can relate. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah, I've never punched my best there. friend though. I've no, never I've never that. punched my best friend. But <laughs> I've never lived in the fifties either. So That's true. You know. yeah. you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, you know, there's only a few approved ways to express your feelings in a traditional masculinity. And one of them is punch true. your best friend. Punch yeah. your best friend is, is very high That's on true. the list. Big one. Uh, cool. Let's should we uh, go to the the, the thingy? Well, one last thing because we we're kind of doing this because Aaron Eisenberg, mm-hmm. you know. It was his birthday, and uh, he apparently like he just grew so much acting in this. He really carried an episode, which is yeah amazing. And I had to think too about Hollywood and how rare it is for somebody of like Eisenberg's body type mm-hmm. to get to carry something like this. Yeah, you know, and it's just I think it's very evident that everybody's capable of doing this, right? You know, just like the traditional Chris Pratt's or whatever mm-hmm. are always going to get these roles and I'm sure they can do fine. I mean, I chose the least likable Chris. Yeah. As an yeah. What the here. hell? Dude? <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, like let's, let's get some more. Uh, what I'm trying to say is like, get rid of a Chris Pratt and throw in some Eisenbergs in there. Cause yeah. he, like I would love, it's just so great to see somebody rise to the occasion like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently after the episode, tons of combat veterans contacted him to tell him uh-huh. that, it was extremely true to their lives. So yeah. that's, you know, that just goes to show these sorts of experiences are universal. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to the archives. <laughs> yeah. Accessing Starfleet Archives, Deep Space Nine. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Hey, so, um, I, uh, sorry, sorry, McCall. Uh, how you doing, Pert? I'm just, I'm just exhausted because I've been picking up shifts for Tom. Yeah. yeah has anybody it. checked on him recently? I tried. Um, I went into the hall suite. I tried to talk to him, but he, he punched me in the face. <laughs> he punched, he you, punched in you in the face? face. Yeah. He didn't even. I, I didn't even really do anything. I just said, "Hey, Tom, how you doing?" And he turned around and said, "Get the." here and he punched me in the face oh man yeah you know it was his birthday last week and oh yeah i went into the hollow hollow suite and you know he's he's running that program that um atlantic city uh failing casino program it's not vix to be clear no 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 no. it's another one great yeah vix is doing great this one's a little sleazier it's next to a strip club it's (laughs) kind of it's a little weird it's really bad. And I brought a cake and I, and I started singing happy birthday, uh, in human. And he punched me. He just punched me in the face. And then he threw my cake at the, at the bar and they didn't kick him out because it's a sleazier establishment. Wait, so just to be clear, he punched you both in the face. Yeah. Where did he he punch you? Both of us. Where did he punch you? Wait, he didn't punch me at all. I've just, Oh, really? Yeah, no. Wow, okay. Wow. No, 
No, I tried to go. I tried to go into that club. I, I also visited him on the Hollow Suite. I tried to go into the club, and they said, "Get out of here, weird nose." And I was like, "Whoa, okay, oh, this is like a, yeah, this well, is like it's that kind of place. It's, it's like a, a sketchy yeah. club." So yeah. I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay. that's like emotionally hitting you in the face." Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. It was like yeah. yeah. It was like a yeah emotional punch. Did you? In the face. Did you? I mean, uh, um, did you see okay. the table that he was sitting at? He sits over in that corner table. Yeah. And just stares. Table. It just like looks at the performers really creepily. He's, I, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. And he puts, he has two canes. They're like both leaning against the booth. But yeah. like, he had, I think he programmed a light to shine on the canes. So like, you, that's the first thing you notice. And then you see him. Yeah. So you like, I'm like, okay, but what's the deal with the canes? And then he gets up and he walks fine. This sounds really yeah. weird. To be clear, they didn't let me in the room. So yes, I don't know. You don't know any of this. Yeah. Sorry, we're yeah, updating you on, on all yeah. this. No, but this well, isn't this is infor- uh, informative what, stuff. So. What if you if you what if you came with us right now and we just like what just okay, peeked in? Okay, let me put like a let me put like a like a band-aid or something over yeah. my nose. Yeah. So, like, well, if you do the band-aid, band-aid you'll you'll fit right in cuz you'll look like you got punched in the oh, face. Oh, like, yeah, like yeah. just like you guys got yeah, punched in the face. Yeah. We could just peek in real fast. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Hey, uh we're just um here is my identification, and yep. these are my two friends. Okay, thank you. Cool, thank you. Uh, just so you know, there is a drink minimum here, so we, we all have serious? to get drinks. Okay. Yeah, there's a drink yeah. minimum. I, I, I didn't even really get in to do that. He punched me so no. fast that I wasn't really exactly. able to. There. Okay, so McCall, he's in the corner over there. see him? Why, why, is this, why is he frowning like that? Well, he says it's because he was at the siege of AR-558. Yeah. I mean, but, we were all there, but... Yeah, we went. We together. showed up afterward. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we, we were the we cleanup up, crew. We like moved those like bombs around, but it, yeah. they were all diffused at that point. It wasn't even bodies, but the all the bodies had been taken by somebody else. We were literally cleaning. Yeah. Well, remember when he picked up that crate and apparently he used his back a little bit, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Hey, Tom, you're, make sure you bend at the knees because you can hurt your back." Yeah. Well, he didn't do it, and he said basically that was his. He, he reported that like incident as a war injury and so that's why he has two canes well that's the thing is basically starfleet isn't really allowed to like doubt a person you know they they can doubt a person but like Mm -hmm. if they're like hey i have ptsd they just kind of have to let you do whatever you want and that's what's going on with tom that's really weird i mean maybe he is suffering i don't know maybe there's something else that happened there but i'm pretty sure it was just that crate it's kind of he just seems to be projecting a lot like he's got that hat on you know he's just wearing all this combat stuff Um, that phaser rifle hanging off his back yeah Yeah. it's just nothing i've never really seen him like this before i'm a little concerned he had me pick something up from his quarters to bring it here Mm -hmm. because he said like he like he needs to just like, be there like live here now live here basically and it was just a bunch of data rods he wanted me to bring over but if you go into his quarters have you been to his quarters recently no. there's all this like these flags and all this like Cardassian and Jem'Hadar memorabilia but like the hell but, like weird you know like like he's collecting them I don't know what were on the data rods did you listen to anything I, I listened to one of it and I can't even describe it it was offensive to my ears what was it? What was it called? Uh, have you heard of? There's a, an Earth artist called Eminem. Yeah, there's a lot of Eminem. Oh. There's some. There's a, an artist called Lincoln Park. Oh, we uh, used to we used to play that outside of Cardassian camps oh to like God. scare them away, like get them out of the buildings and stuff. What about? Did he have any Limp Biscuit on there? Oh yeah, there was tons oh, of Limp really? Biscuit. Papa Roach. Oh, oh, Papa Roach. oh no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
Oof. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Oh, um, Lord. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, now that you mention it, I think I heard him listening to um, the... Do you, do you guys know about the uh, the state, or the country of the United States? There's no longer really... Oh, old Earth. Old Earth country. country yeah. Something, uh, maybe in the Nation past, state. sure. Yeah. yeah, there was a song that they used to play called God Bless America, Uh and oh, because America sneezed. Because America sneezed. Well, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, but I don't call attention to my nose, though. Oh no, 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 no. no. Uh, I never, okay. never do that. But I heard him listening to that and like staring at a flag and putting his his hand over his heart the other day. Oof. Do Do you know what flag it was? Uh, no, I couldn't see. Weird. Just really strange. Should oh, we get a counselor over. involved? With- I just told Ezri about it. But uh, she's like, I'm too busy right now. I have another patient, and we all know who she's talking about. That sure. butt dog. The the one egg, the one, one who actually crazy man. hurt his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, but also, that's her job, right? Literally, there are like seven thousand people here. She can't so. just help one person, right? Yes, yeah, you can't just have one patient at a time. Especially if his prescription is just to hang out in the hollow suite. Yeah, wait, hold on. What is she doing, actually? I have no idea, to be honest. How do you get, get one of those jobs? Because if I could figure that out, that'd be a sweet gig. Yeah. Yeah, you basically don't want a yellow shirt job in Starfleet anymore. Uh, they realized that everybody was doing red shirt jobs. Or excuse me, everybody wanted yellow shirt jobs. So they switched to color yellow and red mm-hmm. to trick people. So now the easy job is red mm, and I blue. Get, I need to get I was one of those say, jobs. Maybe you could get one of those blue shirt jobs. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you go into the psych, basically anything to do with talking to people, that's really top top mm-hmm. Starfleet. That's cushy. Yeah, because most modern medicine, they just kind of shoot you in the neck with one of those hyposprays, and then it's you're like good. you're cured. Yeah, yeah, hypospray it right out of you. That's what they tried to do to Tom. I remember him telling me he said, you know, he's having some real hard mental issues, and Bashir just zapped him with the, one of those hyposprays, but it wasn't worse. Yeah. I mean, I want to do something about it, but also, again, I just want to get punched in the face again. And it doesn't hurt me. It hurts like about one third the amount of what it would be like to get punched by a Vulcan. But it's more like the emotional damage of one of my best buds punching me in the face. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of hurt he hasn't tried to punch me in the face. Well, again, you can't even get. If you want, well, you could probably just walk up there right now. Yeah, I think he's actually. I think he. Do you guys think he'll punch me in the face? Here. I think I think he will. Like right, I'm, I'm gonna go confident. talk to him. Go see Should I go talk to him? I'm gonna go talk to him. Be nice. Be super nice. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna be super nice. All right. Approaching the table. All right, Tom's getting up. And oh, McCall's hand is out, and yep, oh, punch in the face, right? Man, just like he's that. Straddling Oof. him. Oh, he's getting. Yeah. Oh my oh, god, he, that's a lot of that's punches. That's multiple punches. Oh shit! Why didn't he punch me that much? I don't know. He, I, this is actually okay, dangerous. I'm, I'm gonna get over in there because if he's punching McCall that much, he's gonna punch me that I'll much. I'll get drinks right? like, for all I, of us. Yeah, you okay, go do yeah, that. Get I'll, I'll get the drinks. Okay. Hi, can I have? Uh, can I have six dry martinis? Uh, one, just one with an olive. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's the scene. I think that's the scene. <laughs> Mark, when you edit this, you you need to talk to Samuel about sound designing a fight scene. In the a fight casino. scene in the background. <laughs> That'll be really good training for you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's great. All right. Um, 
So I do kind of want Darius to edit it just so he hears what we did with his archives. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Uh, Okay, uh, so let's just rate it. Let's do it. Um, Did you guys notice there was a skip intro button in the beginning of the the thing? Yes, I skipped intro. Yeah, I did too. I did. I did not. Uh, my the reason being actually my brother sent me this thing on Instagram at like the exact same time. It's a video of the end of an episode of The Next Generation, where the music sounds exactly the same as Deep Space Nine's intro music, what? except for like the last note. Uh, I shared it to the Track to the Holodeck account, and it's because Denny Mac did it. Sure. Um, but it's it's really funny. And then I just like listened to the rest of the Deep Space Nine uh, intro because of that. Oh yeah, uh, it is a banger, especially when they remix it for the fourth season and make sure. it a little faster. Okay, remix <clears throat> dialogue for me is aces this episode. I think it's five, big old five. Oh hell yeah, Huge you you take a hike. You don't come into my club and start hitting customers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, so good. Remind me never to give you a comp. I mean, like so many ones. Darren has Ugh. so many great ones. Oh uh, my god! I also love when Ezri and him talk at the bar, and she's like, "Yeah, I got to hand it to you. You you did a really good job of this tricking my patient so into being obvious better. of what she's doing. <laughs> it's stupid how obvious she and is." She's like, "Well, you wouldn't let him live out his life here, right?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of you're yeah. totally right." If I was Vic, I would look at her and be like, "Fuck, Fuck you! you. <laughs> I, just tell me you want him to leave, okay?" <laughs> I want to see. I want to see an episode three, three seasons further, where like the once Voyager has returned from the Delta Quadrant, and he sees all, or even just like watching author author, because like that play becomes really famous, right? That Hollow novel yeah. gets really famous yeah, that yeah. the Doctor writes, and like Vic's watching it, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, holographic yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. rights." Yeah. I'm a person, <laughs> you know, uh, I, w- I would just love to see that. Um, but G- as is, he's just like, oh, right, right. I am a piece of shit. Meaningless, <laughs> hollow. I am hollow trash. I am hollow trash. Yeah. Um, I am trash. Jake attempting the slang of the era when he's like, right, daddy-o? Right, daddy-o? I love that. Oh, <laughs> painful. He channeled his inner Cisco right there. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Felt, felt real good. Um, I, I also love that Vic is talk. Go ahead. Oh no, you're Dylan, good. Sorry about that. Uh, Vic is really behave has extreme NPC behavior in this episode, <laughs> where he just keeps mentioning like, "But if I don't get these books in order, then I don't know <laughs> yeah. if the casino can stay open." It's like, okay, I'll take, I'll do the quest. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your computer? And he hands him a pencil. He's <laughs> like, right, right, uh, okay. Collect uh, five daffodils. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I also love. Uh, I wish that this would be totally counterintuitive to the um, capitalist mindset, but if they had video game characters who actively at a certain point, once you hit like 100 hours in a game, would be like, hey, um, you should go outside. You can't play the game anymore. You got to stop. Like, hey, you should put the controller down and go outside. (laughs) There are games that do that. Really? Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure there's a Metal Gear Solid game that does that. Uh, That's incredible. You put the controller down. Let's see here. Um, in a game, like game, actively yeah. discouraging people to play the game. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll find it 
some of, I'll po- post it in our Discord because I, you know I don't want to do it right now. But there's absolutely a game where they're like, "Take a break, buddy." <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you've been playing for quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, there's a fourth wall breaking thing. Love that. Uh, well, you know this is a diversion, but uh, in China they've instituted like gaming limits for kids under 18 like oh really they're they're concerned about the productivity of their future and so there are like limits to how much video gaming kids can play in china Um, i believe it cut you off i I hate i i don't want to be that guy but it's that doesn't sound like completely unreasonable in my dad mode but I digress. Back in the day, it was like harder to play video games. Not super harder, but it really just was a little bit harder. You had to the disc. You had to put it in the fucking thing. I, it, also, in my home, we only had two TVs. So yeah. you had to like yeah. you had to negotiate who was using the TVs. And a lot of times, like, oh, well, you know, my brother's using a TV, so I will fuck off and do something else. Yeah. Right. And, and now everybody's got a video game console in their pocket and like everybody has a computer, like it's just it's too, too many much. ways. Yeah, yeah. And it's too easy. You could just download something and do it. Yeah. So yeah, it is just a little bit different. Um, okay. Romance. All right, Between I'm him going. and Vic. Between him and Vic, it is romance. a very romantic relationship. It's yes. a romanticized relationship. hundred percent. Yeah. I would agree with that. I'm glad that we're finally coming around to Thank what romance you. can mean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And okay. the environment is very romantic. That 50s environment is super, super romantic. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so I said a four. Four from Mark. Dylan? Um, yeah. I, I, I'd have to go with four because it, it is like Vic's very romanticized too as this like. Yeah. Uh, this, like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's kind of romanticized as this like. Rat Pack guy and without like, all the racism, without all the racism. <laughs> yes, exactly. So four. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four point five for traditional nods to what it means to be a good man. When Jake is like, apologize to my girl. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you insulted my lady. Yeah, uh, I love that. Jake is always like hitting batting way out of his league. Like, Insane. Constantly. Yes. Just like he's doing great. Like, oh, what model are you dating this, this week? Amazingly Jake? hot Bajoran girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Keisha. Like, who's Keisha? It's like, I don't know. I just found her on an app. Uh, she's she she's just gorgeous woman. She yeah. likes me. Uh, Not she's quite super sure nice. what's going on, but uh... extremely tolerant of people's problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, action. I mean. Nog flips a table and punches Jake in the <laughs> punches face. Punches his best friend in the face. Best and bud. there's also a lot of Western action on the television. Oh, the searcher. Oh, yeah, not the searcher. Shane. Shane yeah. Black Shane, and white Shane. Come back. Come back, Shane. I remember when I first saw that movie in school and I could stop laughing because that scene goes on way longer than it was in come the show. Back. He's yelling sure. Shane for like three minutes. He's like, Shane. Well, it's an iconic scene. I mean, it's <laughs> it's incredible. I think it's great. Movies don't do that as much anymore. They don't take their time. Mm-mm. Another digression, but there was this like little interview piece circulating of James Cameron talking to studio studio, being like, "Hey, this crazy the scene where they're flying around on the Avatar birds is <laughs> taking too long," and he's just like, "That's what it's all about." <laughs> 
<laughs> Why about, are you watching? <laughs> it's about vibing out. You know, like these people are just flying. Yes, they are just flying around because that's the whole point of the movie is that like you don't need technology <laughs> and stuff. They're just like. That's the point. They're flying on magic birds <laughs> on a fantasy planet. Like, who wouldn't just prefer that? You know? I saw a thing. I saw a thing that said like, as of Thursday, it's officially profitable. The movie's officially like broke its Hell thing and it's yeah. become profitable. So they're like they greenlit the, the other sequels. They're they're greenlit oh now. Oh my god! I love <laughs> I that he great. said that too. Because like yeah. when you watch the movie, it's pretty fucking obvious that it's uh we're just here for the them flying around and doing shit like that. <laughs> so for the yeah. studio to be like, we need more story, James. And he's like, no, no. it's he's like, no, you're missing what? the point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't get an experience like that. It doesn't work obviously on a laptop screen, but no. if you're in a fucking IMAX and you're high as shit, which is what, <laughs> how I watched it both times. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, Okay, anyways, uh, action. I'm going to give it a 4.5 for, for the Jake Rom fight and all the choreography and stuff and the searchers. Uh, I mean, Shane, not the searchers. Not the searchers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a four just because I can't get like vicious Nog like jumping on his best friend and trying to kill him out of my mind. Yeah. Mark? A four. Four. Suspense. I mean, how is not going to get better? That's that's the big thing. And also, is Vic becoming self-aware, like more self-aware, <laughs> more self-aware than he already is? Than he already is. Um, this is tough. I there wasn't Sus- a lot of like traditional suspense. No, for me, suspense for me was the only one that was low. That was yeah. my only low score. Yeah, um, for me, it's a point five. There is a little bit of suspense in the scene where. Um, Vic turns himself off and Nog tries to get him to come back That's online. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. what? It, how is this going to happen? And Vic's like, you just don't get it, kid. You got to get over yourself. It's actually yeah. a really sweet moment between uh, Nog and O'Brien, yeah. Um, yeah. which I really like because O'Brien isn't really in this episode at all. Um, and that's kind of his only thing where he's like, oh, I saw you were messing around. And he was like, oh. And then Vic comes on. And he's like, so now are you, will you stop messing around with my program now that you know I can turn myself off? Right. Um, I'm and a so, person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have, I'm, him and the doctor are the only two holograms I know of that can turn themselves on and off. So, um, yeah. Yep. It's it's pretty great. So I'm gonna say one for that. I'm gonna go with the one as well. I do like O'Brien's line, by the way. I mean, dialogue already has a five of like, you know, I'm an engineer, not a philosopher. It's like those are totally the people all the time who ha- say like the most wise things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like people who work <laughs> on things that work. You yeah, know? Like, it's a machine. You know, those people have just a better concept of, mm-hmm. uh, even if they may not realize it. Um, camp. I mean, this is a, a Cinco for me. Yeah. Like all of Nog's over the top reactions and, but like also sincere. Everybody's really sincere about it. Oh, uh, God. And all the the music, as as great as it is. Uh, oh, those old jazz standards, right? Old I, jazz is that what they're standards, called? Yep. It's the, those, uh, yeah. the pulled straight from the public domain. So they didn't yes. have to pay for any of it. Love same, it. same with Shane, right? Like that's probably yeah. a paramount yeah. property. So they're like, let's put that Shane. in there. Sure. Shane. Yeah, it's good. Shane. Yeah, it's big five. <laughs> yeah, five for me too. Fiver easily. 
easily. Uh, and I love like, oh, the montage. We didn't talk about the montage where Nog oh. like start, gets the books right and they're looking <laughs> yeah. at the newspapers and, like, and yeah. Vic's like tucking him in. <laughs> definitely oh, a so five. Fun. Yeah, definitely yeah. a five. Oh, and the clothes. Nog in those yeah. sweaters. Those sweaters. Oh my are God. Incredible. Yes. I needed him to smoke more. I wanted him to start smoking. Well, he was lighting up the ladies' cigarettes Big too. Cigar. Big Just cigar, fat cigar <laughs> in, in Nog's mouth. But between uh, those pointy teeth, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even need the things to cut him. Yeah, he, he just, just like cuts him with his teeth. Chomps him with his teeth. It's great. Uh, and the stakes. Um, stakes are, you know, Nog needs to reintegrate. That's probably more than the suspense. To I, me, the stakes were the much stakes higher than the suspense. Very high. Nog is at a like. <laughs> Severely depressed. <laughs> yeah. And if he doesn't get his shit together, he's, yeah, uh, as Vince said, not going to have a fucking life. He's going to well, slowly he said die. You'll, in the you'll be as hollow as I am. Yeah. 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 That's actually pretty great. First, and also, there's stakes for Vic. Like, now that he's tasted what it's like to be on all the time, he wants that. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a point where um, Nog is, is with Ram and Lita and, and, uh, Rom, they tell him that Rom got promoted and he goes, Oh, that's great. We'll have a party. Like we'll, yeah. we'll shut down the bar and we'll have a party. We'll have a party here for everyone. And Lita goes, Oh, well, chief O'Brien already threw a party for, for, for Rom. Yeah. And there's something clicks and he's like, Oh, I'm missing out on my life. Yeah. Um, missing it. And yeah. I, that to me, that scene that's where I start to tear up because yeah. it's like oh, totally. you realize you're getting, he's getting lost. He's losing himself. And so I, I think the stakes of this episode are huge. They're very, they're the highest that they've ever been emotionally. I think for, I've definitely felt that way too, Mark, when like I've maybe I've more in the past, like, like, Oh, I, what have I done this week? I played a video game for a hundred hours. And right. then you see, like you look on social media or, or just, you hear from your friends, like we went to see a movie and we had dinner and it's like, Oh, that's probably three hours that's a lot more real and denser and better right. than the hundred hours I spend playing a video game. Yeah. Uh, that that dopamine loop. So yeah, definitely that's a good that's a good pull. I'll give it a four. You know, I, I thought it was gonna be lower, but I th it does feel pretty high stakes to me. Yeah. You talk I'm about going it. with the five because this I think this is life or death for Nog emotionally. Yeah. Sure. I'm also gonna say a five. I think we have a Already. new number one. I think we have a new, maybe not number one, but top ten for sure. Did, what did we, there's no way that we gave uh, the one with Bashir fives across the board, did we? Our man Bashir <sighs> is high. We, we overranked it. I don't know if we overranked it. I still think it's maybe the best. Okay, computer, what's the final score? Calculating. 3.97. Which puts it at... Our unadjusted level in the top 10. It is right around, it's between Bada Bing, Bada Bang, and Chip in a Bottle. Okay. That, Those are great episodes. They're fantastic episodes. Yeah. Right I think there. That's, that's well earned. The suspense is what killed this one. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's really high, and I think it's well deserved. It's all right. Really good. Then Armin Bashir, it fits all of our criteria. It's still the best one. Armin it's Bashir got everything. So it's good. like I designed the criteria around, <laughs> around this episode yeah. of Armin Bashir. <laughs> Though I want to, since we're done with the episode, I do want to point out that I think you guys have been 
very harsh lately on episodes. <laughs> very hard. Like when I haven't been on, I'm, I'm just listening to this. It's like, don't blame me. Blame the Hamilton Smith <laughs> brothers. I, you know what? I'm just tired of Voyager. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> well, even crisis point, you guys were pretty rough. Crisis on that point. One. Jan and I were talking about crisis point and I was bullied into lowering my camp score. Believe, we got to my camp bullying. score on crisis point. It's bullying. No. And, okay. <laughs> This is. I was bullied. <laughs> we had a logical it. discussion, Mark. A no. logical discussion. I was bullied. All right. All right. Oh my we'll, god. We'll come back to it in three years. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, I, I had a blast. It was great getting back together and, and yeah, doing yeah. This. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a pitch for next week. Okay. Do it. It's not exactly Voyager, but it is Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah. Season one, episode 17, Ghost in the Machine. It's a recent one that had, it was basically a, a very, it's a lot of holodeck stuff on that yeah. one. Yes. Um, and, I, and it does stand alone pretty it's well. It's a very good episode. Yeah. I'm so very I have that pitch. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So we'll do that. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy, uh, did you want to sh- um, shout out Earl? What's his name? Yes. Earl Bowen passed away as well. I believe it was yesterday. Excuse me, today, January 6th. Uh, <laughs> um, he was uh, in the episode where Silence has lease, uh, which we have we did a couple seasons ago. It's where like there's basically the space child that fucks it. Like it kills that guy. You know, he's just like the helmsman and he's just like, I'm just going to freeze that guy and he's going to die. And Picard's like, what the hell? You suck. Don't do that. Um, so he did that. Uh, he's also really well, he's a character actor. He's pretty well known for James Cameron's Terminator and Terminator 2 and 3. He plays the psycho- the therapist, like the criminal psychologist in those movies. Um, pretty iconic roles. But yeah. His IMDb away. is full of voice acting. He does a shit ton of voice oh, acting. Yeah. Great voice. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what he did for Where Silence Has Least. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, Great. that was that was it. Thanks for reminding me of that, Mark. Yep. Uh, if you like this podcast, please, please, the best thing you can do is share it with somebody. Tell them, hey, listen to this cool podcast that I like with these these four goofballs about Star Trek. Uh, and if you really like the podcast, you can donate to our coffee. It keeps the lights on, quite literally, keeps the the subscriptions going. Uh, and you can also subscribe and rate us on all your podcast platforms. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Uh, as always, we belong to an amazing podcast network called Indiesaurus. You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. Check out their other uh, pods and programming. We also have a, a great Discord. Check out our link that is in our description of this episode. It took us five seasons to figure out you could just put a link to Post your Discord link. channel. <laughs> Thank you, Lodare, I believe. What are we who, doing? I think Lodare was the out. one that helped us figure that out. <laughs> oh my God, it took us three years to do that. We're, we're not Link in the description. clever. Yeah, good yeah. Lord. <laughs> the uh, computer voice was provided by Verona Blue. Thank you, Verona. And the music was provided by Bodyline with user's permission from the Midwest Collective. We are a fan podcast, so CBS, Viacom, Paramount, Global, please leave us alone. We're just doing this for fun. We're not yeah. uh, We're not trying to step on your toes, even though we hate you. I am. I'm trying to step on your toes. Fair. I don't hate them. All I want for Christmas is a HD remaster of D-Space 9. I want that too. Do. 
They I could just easily to. do it. You, they just need to put so? a, a process. Oh yeah, because somebody the tech already exists. You just create an algorithm that you're comfortable with, and you know, like settings basically, and have a computer run the app. Because people do this. People have done this as examples. On really? Reddit. Yeah, they look yeah, so like, good. And it's like, yep, I just ran it through like a 4K upscaler, and what? it looks good. You should see some of the the battle scenes that they've remastered. They look so good. Wow, yeah. I now, thought. I, the thing that would be the, prohibitively expensive would be finding the original film and doing an actual remaster, do, like they did with yeah, like yeah. they did with TOS with T- and yeah. TNG. But if they wanted to half-ass it, I think they could get away with it, just being like, "This is an upscaled version." Yeah, why don't they just half-ass it? I think they should. That's a very easy thing to do. Just half-ass. They've it. proved that they can put skip intro buttons on. So psychos. The sky's the limit. At this point, wow, this does look pretty good. Yeah, I'm just looking at the. Wow. Yeah, they have no excuses for the cheapest case. All right, computer and program. You spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All hollow simulations have been terminated. 